the hive mind i'm meg i'm here with eli and Lindsay. hey guys happy new year happy, happy new, new year. year um tell me what you've been watching Lindsay, you're up okay um well do we want to talk for a second about the survivor finale that was like my highlight yes we, yes weeks. we do tell me everything what do you think <laughs> okay i loved the finale it was a after several kind of underwhelming finales last few seasons, I loved this one. Dee totally deserved it. The showmance was great. I like never find myself like getting on Reddit to look at like after the show kind of things. And I've been like trying to figure out if they're still dating. I thought it was really fun. Yeah. In Austin. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of an interesting finale because uh, usually when it feels like a foregone conclusion, uh, the finale is kind of boring. And I felt like D sort of powered through the last like couple episodes where it was like, she's going to win unless they can figure out how to get rid of her. And so once she made it to the final three, it was like, well, she's going to win, but it was still really entertaining. And mm -hmm. I think, I think she was a satisfying winner. Like personality wise, I'm a little bit neutral on her. Like I wasn't like Rudy. She wasn't like a fun person to me. Totally. But yeah. She, she played like an incredible game and it was like, it was pretty impressive to just watch her make the right move over and over and over again. And to be like a physical force as well is always like kind of a fun addition. So yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the, this season ended up probably being kind of middle of the road for me, um, which is, that's not bad, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I like a lot of seasons. And so like to have this be like an average season is, is fine. Um, what did you think about third uh, 90 minute episodes this is our first season ever where we had 90 minute episodes? Yeah, I loved it. And I think it was like a writer's strike thing. So I don't know if it, do you know if it's going to continue? I'm not sure. It's but... a, yeah, this is the new thing. It's Oh, it is. Be... Okay. Yeah. yeah. I liked it because it felt like a little bit of a throwback to earlier seasons where you get more camp life, more personality. And I really, really, I think that's why I enjoyed this season more. Yeah. Um, so I I'm all for it. What about you? Yeah, no, I, I love it. I love having the camp life. I like the episodes felt like they had a lot more room to breathe where mm -hmm. the, the game has gotten um, everybody's playing so hard now in these like later seasons. And they're, you know, it used to be like three quarters of the cast each season was just filled with like kind of dummies that were just sort of like dinking around camp. And then you had a few people that were actually like playing a good game. And now it's like, almost everyone is trying really hard from the moment they get on the beach. And so the last few seasons especially have felt like after each episode, I feel like almost winded where I'm like, there's so much just happened and I'm like, not even sure I caught it all. And like, I, I would start yeah. getting confused about like the moves that people were making and adding that extra 30 minutes on each week, like, like made, made it feel breathable to me again, the way the show totally. used to feel where I was like, okay, like we have like, long scenes of people like being like dorky and, and playing around camp and I'm like getting to know these people and then some scenes where like things are happening and I, I loved that. Loved yeah, it. same. I think it was like a huge additive and I'm excited moving forward. So um, that was like the most fun I've had watching TV in the last half of the year besides uh, Fargo, which uh, I texted you guys about. I'm loving this new season. Um, I'm a few episodes behind. We kind of like stopped watching so we could binge a few in a row so we're halfway through and like three episodes behind but I'm loving it um and I you guys had texted about maybe it being a little too violent what I'd say is it's a little bit cartoony 
So if people are worried about that, if you can kind of handle a little bit of, you know, the Coen brothers, like cartoony type violence, I would say go for it because this season's incredible. Can I ask you um, a Fargo question? Yeah. So I loved season one and two. I'm struggling with season three. Is Do I cut my losses and just pick I would up say cut your five? losses. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Season three, I was kind of like not that in, I, it was okay, but it was pretty dark like thematically and so I was like not as excited about it and then I would totally skip season four and just go right into season five okay yeah we'll do but, yeah I think it's really good and um we just rewatched because we're on a Coen Brothers kick now we just rewatched uh No Country for Old Men last night which I had not Ooh. seen Speaking since it came dark. out I know <laughs> I hadn't seen it since 2007 when it came out and it was just a really good rewatch have you guys rewatched it like in the last however many years i watched it for the, i watched it for the first time last year on a plane it was Ooh. like i think this is a movie when did it come out 2007 oh i i don't know why i didn't see it then uh probably because i was like afraid of the violence but this is like one of these movies where i was like okay i finally need to watch this and so i watched it on a plane it was a terrifying plane watch by the way <laughs> Uh, it, it was like a, a, an international flight, dark, like everyone on the plane was asleep and I'm sitting there watching No Country for Old Men for the first time without any clue about what this is even about. Uh, I loved it. I mean, it, it's an incredible yeah. hot take. It's an incredible film. So, <laughs> yeah, I watched Zodiac on a plane for the first time. Me too. It was horrible. <laughs> I mean, great Stop. and horrible. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've just been cruising through some, like some Love Island rewatches and, uh, I'm getting excited for the golden bachelor finale or wedding. Wait, it hasn't happened yet. I think it not happen like tonight or tomorrow. Oh, or does something? it? Oh my gosh. That's going to be a mess. Up. That's going to be a mess. I know. Uh, Eli, do you know about the conspiracies about the golden bachelor that the winner, <laughs> he chose the winner for her money? Wait, what? She has yes. money? She has some money. We don't know how much. She does has he, some money. Does he have money? We think she has more than him. <laughs> he's not a wealthy man. The show wanted to paint him as a wealthy man. And they're like, he's a restaurateur. And he like owned a Burger King for a minute or something. It was like not, <laughs> not what they, which no shade, but like also you kind of lied to us, you know? Um, uh, so yes. I'm kind of like ABC wanted to paint him as being more wealthy <laughs> than he is because they're gross. The uh, whole thing is gross, but yeah, she's very wealthy. And it's like, does Jerry have problems? Does he have, is it Gary or Jerry? Gary. Oh, it's Jerry, but it should it's be. Jerry. No, 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 no. You're Gary. right. No, it, no, it is Gary. Gary. But it's spelled so oh, Jerry. Yes, it is Gary. And there's like prenup things where like her family want the, the winner pick, like her family wants her to get a prenup. He doesn't want a prenup supposedly. So it's like really si silly as an outsider and really fun. And I will be watching the wedding interesting Amazing. very i so i can't remember if it was today explained or um the new york times the, the daily podcast but one of them did an episode about the golden bachelor and like how good it was yeah and did i don't know yeah. if, if either of you heard this but it was like a, a couple of people who like were really into it talked about like why it was like actually pretty gratifying and it was interesting to see them like actually have pe the man was like dating all of the women were age appropriate right 
Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't gross. So I don't know that I've never been like intrigued to watch the bachelor, but that kind of like, I was like, Oh, that might, that might be more interesting to me than a bunch of like 20 year olds. I mean, Irina and I did a bonus episode on the finale, like most bachelor seasons, it really fell apart at the end. Like <laughs> this like yeah. expose came out the week of the finale, um, talking about how he actually had a living girlfriend for a long time. Um, a lot of the things he said were untrue, so on and so forth. But I thought it was pretty successful for the most part. And opposite of Survivor, they cut down the episodes to just an hour, which was so much more watchable. Like, cut a lot of the fat, and it just made a much better viewing experience, in my opinion. Yeah, I, think- I really enjoyed it for the... I mean, that was the first time I'd enjoyed a Bachelor like season in a long time. Yeah, same. That 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 length issue for The Bachelor is part of what has made it feel unapproachable to me because I'm like, you're telling me there are like three hours a week of this thing or however long it is. And I'm just like, even if I was like kind of interested in the content, I'd just be like, that's that's how it's how I feel about Star Trek. Like I <laughs> there's so much Star Trek out there that I'm like, I don't even know where I would begin if I wanted to watch this. So I just like never going to consider watching any of it. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. I would say, yeah, but they they will do a golden bachelorette, and I would give a strong recommend. I think you would enjoy it, Eli. Okay, all right, I might check this one out. It's also yeah, partly it's too like I think I'm now getting closer in age to the golden bachelor and bachelorette contestants than the bachelor <laughs> and bachelorette contestants. You know, so I'm like relating more to the older woman who are talking about their retinol than I am to like the girls binge drinking. So (laughs) maybe it's a selective viewership, but I really enjoy it. Yeah. Interesting. Anything else from you, Lindsay? No, that was, that was exhaustive and enjoyable for me to review my end of year watches. So glad. Eli, what have you been watching? We watched May, December. (laughs) What'd you think? (laughs) what what a wild ride i know <laughs> i have not seen it yet um do you know what it's about i sh- i certainly do okay uh yeah so this is a movie that is kind of loosely based on i don't know how loose i think pretty firmly based on the story of what's her name mary, mary kay Letourneau. mary kay Letourneau, who i feel like was a big part of our childhoods like she she was the teacher who dated the 13-year-old student. And it seemed like in my like childhood memory, it seemed like that was all the news was for like a year. Like I feel like we talked about it all the time. I have no memory of it from childhood. Really? Don't? Yeah. I do I it was only when 30 Rock made a joke about it that I looked it up. Really? Yeah. Do you remember, okay? What about John Bonet Ramsey? That's in like the yeah. same category of news story for me. Okay. Yeah, I remember John Bonet, but I think uh no, Lindsay, are we the same age? I'm 35. Oh, you're younger than me. So I don't know. I just like missed it somehow. I don't know. I was a weirdo looking at like the tabloids of a child in the <laughs> yeah, in the grocery same. store aisle. And I still missed it. <laughs> yeah. Um Julianne Moore plays a psychopath so well. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, she is like she she's so creepy in this movie and compelling and like you you just like I I felt it's a kind of a dark comedy it is very funny in some ways I understand that 
But I also felt like a little bit on edge the entire time because I was like, is this woman going to snap and kill everyone? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that's purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. And Nat Natalie Portman is good in it too. Although I think it's Julianne Moore's movie. Like Julianne Moore is just, she's fantastic in it. Um, um, one, one tweet that really summed it up for me, um, was one mother is mothering, another mother is smothering, um, uh, <laughs> which is like, they're giving, um, in, both giving like incredible performances, but also the male lead is kind of blowing him out of the water at the same time. Like he's giving an incredible performance. Yeah. Um, it, I thought it was so funny and also so sad at the same time. Uh, it's kind of my dark horse pick it's, for Oscars it's, this year. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty good. It's I it's you know it is dark. Uh, and to be clear, the the perspective of the movie is uh, now the the man who was thirteen when they dated. He's like in his upper thirties, and they're married. And Natalie Portman is an actress who's about to portray Julianne Moore in a film. So she's gone, gone to meet them and study them. So you're, you're seeing it like you're not seeing the backstory so much, except for in some kind of flashbacks or, you know, other storytelling mechanisms. But uh, it, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting film. They make a very funny choice that I just adored where they play like lifetime made for tv music like throughout yeah. so you keep feeling like you're watching like it was bringing me back to like watching the made for tv like drama on nbc sunday night with my mother in 1995 and just like having it you know be some something pitched to like middle-aged women and they play this music and it's like so serious but and it it just like kind of takes you back to this time that is really really odd I was watching this. I went in completely blind. I had no idea. I thought it was, I think I mentioned this on our last recording, but I thought it was another Carol. Um, so I was expecting oh. like a lesbian drama. Um, and the, that first music cue, it like completely like toned me into what was happening. You know, like this is camp. It's mm -hmm. intentional and it's going to be really fun. And I was like completely sold from that point forward. Yeah, yeah. Where does it fall in kind of like some of the Oscar contenders? Where does it fall for you in ones that you've seen for this year? Um, there, there are a few movies that I like a lot more, including a couple that are not going to be Oscar contenders. I think it it's a shame that Theater Camp and uh, You Hurt My Feelings are not going to be, I don't think they're going to be like considered Oscar contenders, even though I think they're both really great films. Um, yeah. but yeah, what about you, Meg? I mean, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. It was probably Another my favorite one. movie this year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So good. Um, I just saw Anatomy of a Fall last night and I really enjoyed that. May, December is close to that per second place for me. Mm -hmm. okay. Um, I, I watched the holdovers recently and that that's really high on my list. I loved it. I just watched the holdovers too. Oh, okay. Well, I want to hear your thoughts. Let me finish my list real quick yeah. and then we'll, we'll, I'll be done. Okay. So I went with the worst behaved people in the entire world to see a movie. They are my in-laws. My, all of my in-laws are terribly worse than you, Meg. I, you would think I'm an angel. If you went to a movie <laughs> with my in-laws when Wonka started, 
my mother-in-law yelled for the whole theater to hear this stupid thing is a musical and i was like shut up Jim. <laughs> i'm so embarrassed anyway it's they're terrible i i love them so much but they are poorly behaved um uh wonka which i was not expecting to enjoy i thought it was going to be a headache like the last Willy Wonka film uh, yeah. with Johnny Depp, I found to be a headache. What a delightful little flick. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 cute. Uh, Timothy Chalamet is fun in it. Like, I, I like everybody in it. Everybody, you know, the, the music is unmemorable to me, but like, I was never bored in it. Uh, it's whimsical in all the right ways. It's not overly CGI'd to a point that I feel like I'm dealing with an onslaught and maybe having a seizure. Uh, not the Gilded Age CGI level. <laughs> Listen, the Gilded Age is the best show on TV right now. <laughs> that finale, wild. <laughs> I burst out like laughing and screaming as that as the finale ended because of how absurd it had become. And I am so mad season three is not already out. Uh, no, I loved Wonka. Great flick. Um, Rewatching 30 Rock for the first time in years because the whole world is suddenly in love with 30 Rock again, which... I'm just finding delightful, by the way. Mm -hmm. And what a funny, what a fun rewatch. Uh, it had been a long time and it, I was, I'm very pleased with it. Um, and that's pretty much it. What about you, Meg? Um, I apologize for how long this list is, but it's been a while since we talked. Mm -hmm. So I took a 10 hour flight to and from London. Um, on the way out, I watched uh, season 10 of Below Deck, which is... <gasps> phenomenal television uh oh my gosh is I that only... with which who's the captain for that one well captain lee gets sick and so oh, that's the one who gets sandy steps in for him um i have like a few episodes left so i haven't watched the end of captain lee's reign but um boy oh boy what a show it I, is, is everything is, is this the season with the utah gays <sighs> were they from utah yes yes yeah, I know all of them. Oh, you do? What do you have to say about them? I'll, I'll, uh, tell off me offline. <laughs> uh, I judge people by how well they tip, and I don't remember them being bad tippers, but I also don't remember them being the best tippers. So, um, it has everything I love. It has rich people being ridiculous and also hot young people being ridiculous, um, but also doing a good job, working hard which is fun to watch. I will be watching this show for the rest of my life or as long as it's on air, I'm a fan for life. I also watched season two of Ghosts, which is a CBS sitcom that I think just got canceled, but is also a BBC sitcom that I think has been successful for a long time. The premise is this couple buys an old house to turn into a B&B, &B. she falls down the stairs, when she wakes up from her brief coma or whatever, she can see and talk to ghosts. And it turns out there's a number of ghosts in their house because it's a very old mansion. It may have been the altitude. I recognize that this show has a very corny premise, but I had a great time. Um, what's his face? Brandon Scott Jones, who is the friend on the other two, plays a um, Revolutionary War soldier a very gay Revolutionary War soldier, and he's like really fun in it. Huh. There's like a Viking ghost who's pretty fun. 
Is it the funniest show I've ever seen? No. Did it kill five hours and I had a good time? Yeah. So I feel like it's a good, like, you need a good vibe, turn on ghosts. Okay. Um, <laughs> we have a Samsung TV that I don't know what is going on in the Samsung universe, but we have all these channels that are just one show all the time. So there's like a whole Conan O'Brien TV channel. And now we've found a channel that just shows Portlandia all the time. Like Portlandia is always on. So we've been catching like bits and pieces of Portlandia while we're getting ready for bed at night. And you guys, that show is really funny. Like it's it's a show I think you really can only watch in bits and pieces. Yeah, that sounds like the best way. Yeah, to watch Portlandia is bits and pieces. Yeah, like we'll catch a sketch or two at a time. Um, and it's very 2012, like it's very nostalgic for me and it is legitimately funny. And it's kind of a show that I had forgotten about and I'm glad it's back in my life. Mm -hmm. um, Gilded Age finale, we've already touched on that briefly. It will forever be so hilarious to me that this show takes like real issues of racism that the black community was dealing with in the end of the 18th century and pits it against an opera war like the show is like these are both the most important things that have ever happened in american history actually it doesn't pit them against the opera wars it makes it the b plot to the yeah. opera wars it's yeah, worse it, meg it loses to the opera wars to yes. be clear. <laughs> the thing is though like I wrote a piece about this for Deseret News. And when I was doing my research, the show wants you to believe Marion is the main character. Like that's like what all the synopses say. Marion is the least interesting character on the show. Yes. Carrie Coon is the star of this show. And Christine and I, Baranski. And Christine Baranski. And I think they're starting to like realize that and give the Russell family, like people I really want to watch more time. Um, I think by season three, it's going to be primarily the Russells, which I'm very excited for. I broke up with this season, got back together with it. I have no regrets. I read a couple books. Shock. Um, I read Yellow Face, which is a very interesting book for anyone who is a writer and is on Twitter. I think that it made me cringe at a lot of points in a way that I was like, oh boy, like this is hitting a little too close to home. I don't want to explain it beyond that, but it was a really interesting read. Um, I also read The Psychology of Money because I want to be like a money person. Super interesting read. I'm not like a self-helpy girl, but I found that a good book. Mm. Watched Maestro. Um, I did not like it. I really, really did not like it. Yes. Huh. I know more about Lydia Tarr than I do about Leonard Bernstein. Like, I learned nothing about this man at all from my show, except that he was not great to his wife, which I'm like, I don't need another movie about genius men who are not great to their wives. I've seen enough. Thank you very much. Did you, by um, the way, Meg, did you see, it was a few weeks ago, there was an SNL sketch and the premise was like, two basically like cat lady probably lesbians meet each other while they're like doing a presentation on live tv about something and they start to realize that they're like soulmates for each other because they're the exact same person and they're like how many cats do you have and it's like joke after joke after that but one of the jokes is they're like on the count of three say who's your what's your favorite um or who's your favorite person in movie history and the both of them, they go one two three lydia tar <laughs> 
I don't know why, but it was like so specific and so it made me burst out laughing. Lydia yeah, I mean, Tarr starring Lydia Tarr. I really, in my mind, Lydia Tarr is like a fully formed real human, you know, yeah. and a superior <laughs> conductor to Leonard Bernstein. Um, and then we watched Anatomy of a Fall, which is a French movie that everyone is really loving. And I would not be surprised if it was nominated for Best Picture. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's about a family. Uh, the husband is found having fallen from the attic of their chalet. And it's about what happens to his wife, the trial um and their son and it's a very closed movie it's very well paced I never got bored uh half of it is in French so be prepared for some reading ugh I know but like it's a really good movie Whew. okay any questions um it's only half in French yeah because she she's German uh, and he's French, and so they speak English in their house, but the court is French. Got it. Okay, great. Moving on. We all watched the second half of season six of The Crown. Eli, I know that you liked it, mm -hmm. so why don't you give us your opinion first? Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I think it was, uh, with a caveat, um, it is so clear in the last episode that this show didn't know what to do with the fact that they were not actually covering the entire reign of Queen Elizabeth. And so they tried to make it feel like they are in the most odd way, I think. It, this is a show that like, it really, they really should have gone to her death. It, it, they started with her um, taking the crown and it should have gone to the end of her reign. But they get to the last episode and there's a feeling like, uh, crap, what do we do? Because she still lives for like another 20 years after the timeline ends for the show. So they try and make it feel like they've covered the whole thing um, by like talking about her death and being like, you better start planning your funeral and you better think about maybe stepping down so that Charles can just, you know, he doesn't have to wait any longer. And and so I don't know. I felt like the the last episode was really odd to me, and I I think it's for that exact reason is they just didn't know how to end it if they weren't going to continue the timeline. Um, that said, I I really liked uh, that we got Margaret back again. I really missed Margaret. I think the strongest episode was the Margaret episode. Um, I, Meg, it sounded like you were maybe a little bit bored or didn't like the William and Kate stuff. I found it pretty interesting. Um, I thought it was hilarious that they shot it like Kate's mom was a psychopath, um, which I don't know very much about that actual story, but I was like, oh, this is a little bit fatal attraction. And I thought that was kind of fascinating. Um, they did some characters dirty. They did some characters many, many favors, and I'm sure we'll get into those uh, back and forth. But um, by and large, I, I think this is uh, a top half uh, season. I think hmm. season six is is a you know top half season. Okay, Lindsay, what about you? Yeah, I think overall, I definitely enjoyed season six more than season five. Uh, going into this back half, I was excited about the Will and Kate stuff, and I really didn't enjoy it. And so, and they gave Imelda Staunton more to do as the queen in these last episodes. And I loved that. Like, I actually loved the last episode. I agree with you that I wish it had gone through her death. Um, but it had made me wish that we got more of her this last season. 
yep. because she was really quiet the first half. And uh, I just thought it was, I really loved it. It left me feeling emotional, nostalgic, which like I was shocked that I felt that way at the end of it. Mm. Uh, and I could have definitely ditched the Will and Kate stuff for me. Hmm. Yeah, I felt like it either needed to keep going and end with her death or have ended with Diana's death because Diana's death felt like the end of a chapter for the Royals. And then they kind of ended at the beginning of another chapter for them. Like Will and Kate was the beginning and we didn't even see them get married. Um, I, so when I was in London, I met um, a writer for Rolling Stone who watches The Crown and I was talking to him about the perception of the show in the UK. And he said, people really started to sour on the show once Margaret Thatcher came onto the scene, because that is a time that the current population of the UK remembers um, and can recognize how the show is misportraying those events. Um, and then he said that the press that covers the Royals, the press that has a good relationship with the Royals, really went hard at Peter Morgan and the show to the extent that the show in the UK, when every episode starts, there's a disclaimer saying this is a work of fiction. And I think we all felt that in season five, the way the show kind of pretty dramatically pivoted to be pro-Charles and, and so remained pro-Charles yeah. through yeah. the end. Um, it very much felt like there was a thumb on the scale for me uh, in a way that felt disappointing and boring. I know um, this is I know this is a much bigger question than we probably want to get into, but i'm I'm so baffled with why the British press is defensive of the crown to the point that they would put pressure on them to film this differently. like that that is just such a wild thing to me, yeah, I don't know. Um, my understanding of like which is very very limited of like the different libel laws they have in the UK and the relationship between the press and the monarchy I feel like it's just one of those divides that we've talked about as we've talked about the crown over the last several years like it's one of those things as Americans I feel like just in our bones we like can't understand almost yeah. um that makes me feel like we've said before, like deeply American that I can't understand not being critical of a governing like institution. And I know that that in the UK, Britons are critical of the royals, but I think it's in specific ways that I just can't fundamentally understand. Mm -hmm. And to be clear, this guy was like, it's dumb that they became pro-trial. Like he thought that was a bad move and he made the show less interesting. So I, you know, I don't think the public is necessarily on board with that direction, but I think there was a lot of pressure. Um, yeah. I think it's the from press. authority. Yeah. Right. And I think like, like I said, like, I think that like, I don't understand all the libel laws, but I know that the way that the press is perceived in the relationship with the press, with the public and with um, government institutions, I know it's very different and I, and I, I can't totally understand it. And so it's baffling to me as well. Yeah. Um, to get a little more nitpicky, I thought that Will kind of looked like Will, like that was, if you squinted, you're like, yeah, that's, that's Prince William. Harry, what were they doing? Like that kid looks nothing like Prince Harry. 
doesn't talk like him. Yeah, they did. Harry was dirty. so bothered by that. They did Harry dirty in a lot of ways, including the casting. <laughs> Yeah. yeah and I was like we it's get it I don't like Harry but like why make him this weaselly kid you know it just it was a little too obvious um I did appreciate all the queen stuff I kind of wish it's just been about her I didn't need the teenage stuff um or Charles or I just it just the second half was not successful for me mm. I was very very bored I did like the Tony Blair episode I thought yeah. that was interesting yes the, the Tony Blair episode was, was fascinating. And I, I think the last time we recorded together, I said that I had really missed the prime minister kind of politics. Yeah. And so I appreciated that we got to have that. And again, this is somebody that like, I have like vague, mem you know, I have memories of Tony Blair. And so it was like, oh, like, oh, is this kind of what he was up to and what that relationship looked like? It was kind of fun to see that. Um, Meg, did you like the Margaret episode? I did. Um, it didn't stick out to me as much as the Tony Blair episode. Also, I wanted to address your thing about Kate's mom mm -hmm. in the palace papers. I, that's what's been reported that she made all those moves to put Kate in the right place at the right time to, um, connect with Prince William. And as, uh, um, fatal attraction as it is, like she made a goal and she achieved it. We have to respect it, you know, impressive, um, yeah, I don't know. Just, just, I just, by the time it ended, I was like, all right, well, see ya. You know, I didn't have like, oh my gosh, this show that I've loved for so long is ending. It was like, okay, this was a weird spot to end. I don't know why you made these choices. It was. Well, I think that's why the last episode was impactful for me because it did make me feel like it was a bummer. You know what I mean? Because yeah. There was like, like, you know, when we saw like Claire Foy and Olivia Coleman, I was like, oh yeah, like that was so great. And that's like what I loved about the show. And so it like bummed me out in that way. And I think that like, that was part of my feeling of like missing and nostalgia was like seeing the parts of the show that I really liked, like glimpses of it. Like I love the Tony Blair episode because of like the prime minister stuff. Like there was just like in this last half, like and in this last season overall, there was like glimpses of what I really loved about the show in the past. But I think yeah. that there wasn't maybe because of like the press and the Royals and for what maybe was Peter Morgan. I think that it was really, really difficult and they could have never known this at the beginning. I don't think Peter Morgan knew how to deal with collective memory uh, when doing like a historical drama. Yeah. And I think that would be a really difficult thing to do. But I think that dealing with society's collective memory i wouldn't know I, I wouldn't even know how to begin to deal with that mm. as a writer mm. totally uh i just still think you could have done a better job <laughs> oh i agree with you <laughs> but i don't even know but i could it could have been a lot more successful um yeah, I agree. When I saw Claire Foy, I was like, oh man, remember those seasons? Like, remember how good that was? Yeah, it was. And even Olivia Coleman, like, they weren't all winners, but there were some really good episodes and it, it yeah, made who, me sad. Who was your favorite portrayal of the Queen over the six seasons? Claire Foy. I me agree. Too. Me too. But I wonder if for me, um, Claire Foy was given the most to do because those first two seasons are really focused on the Queen. And yeah. the show becomes other characters start to build out and become more prominent in later seasons. So I feel like seasons five and six, like we talked about, 
I mean, there are entire like seg- sections of season six where I feel like we hardly see the queen at all. Um, yeah. But so maybe maybe that's part of it. Uh, I think all three of them were aw- amazing casting, though. Yeah, they all did a great job with what they had to work with. Yeah. 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 And I just wish that. Yeah, I think that now, like retrospectively, I wish that this the show had stayed sort of insulated and in the mind of Elizabeth. I think that's when it was at its strongest. And and I think I I agree with you that I think it's because the early Elizabeth was dealing with a lot, but I think that could have been really interesting. Like we saw in the last episode of her, like, do I need to like secede or whatever? I don't know what the term is, but do I need to give up the crown? I think like I could have used a whole season of these kind of more like internal questions and like Tony Blair popping in and, oh yeah, what about like, what was the guy in the one episode about Tony Blair, the royal swan guy, like dealing oh, with yeah. like in these antiquated systems and how they're existing in today's world? I could have used so much more of that in less like lifetime movie, Will and Gate. Yeah. Agreed. Before we wrap up, I need to talk about the episode where Margaret is taunting her about um, the end of the war and this party they went to. And you are led to believe that Queen Elizabeth was snorting cocaine off a toilet seat. And in the end, the only thing she had done was danced for a little while. I was, it was like funny to me how much the show wanted me to believe she had done something transgressive when she really just went to a party. And I think the point was, it's so hard to be queen, but like, it was not successful for me. So I totally disagree with you, Meg. I completely disagree because I think, I think that is exactly what the theme of the show is, was like it, the, the, the crown began in season one with this woman who was given so many restrictions that she couldn't do anything normal at all. And I thought it was really effective to remind us of that in season six, that like this woman had one night where she was a little bit normal and her sister now 70 years later is still like, can you believe that you were normal for a night? Like I I actually found that like really depressing and was like, oh, this is sad actually. Like this woman has been like trapped and and her sister is and she kind of in in shame are holding on to this very normal what would be a very normal memory for the rest of us Maybe as a person just... with sisters i found it really relatable that your sister will always hold things over your head no matter <laughs> how long no matter how long ago it was like remember that one thing you're like yeah okay <laughs> yeah i guess i wish that i it would have been a little more deliberate in the way that it communicated that message I don't know I don't know if that would have taken some creative license maybe it's because parties are my worst nightmare so I I'm not like wow such freedom on that night I would have been like let's go home and have tea um that's a me problem but that episode just really didn't work for me Mm. I feel like I'm in between both of you like I agree that like when we found out all she was doing was like the jitterbug I was like oh (laughs) but you know this was also what like the 30s or whatever so maybe I can understand it yeah um but I agree that I I think that the 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 way that it uh showed the relationship between Margaret and Elizabeth was really interesting yeah um it was absolutely hilarious to me that this show made Philip 
just the the hero in the end like in, in such a way i was like oh wait philip's still in this because you he's not been a very present for many seasons now and then the final episode he's like giving the speech about the importance of the crown and like you know buttressing her up and whatever and i was like what is happening with philip like did he pay somebody for this the whole thing i don't know <laughs> Were you guys the one that that texted and said that Jonathan Price, who plays uh, Philip, he like apologized for yeah. the way? Yeah, I thought that was so interesting that he had that he felt like he needed to apologize for the way that he portrayed Philip, even though, as you said, Philip comes off as in a way like the hero. Were, was there really anything in seasons five and six that Philip did in the show that made him look bad? I can't think of was anything. It was it season five when he like forms a friendship with the cousin or niece or someone who lost her daughter yeah. and they're all hanging out together all the time and it's like not an affair but maybe a little bit of an emotional affair was that season five I yeah i think that was jonathan price that that had that episode i mean he was grumpy when they were taking pictures at a wedding but who, who is this yeah yeah come on uh yeah i thought that was on the prestige uh tv podcast from the ringer i was listening to it and they were talking about the end of the crown and uh one of them said that um that prince philip in the beginning it shows a lot of like his relationship with like elizabeth as a person but in the end it's like it was showing his like his relationship with elizabeth became more about her as the queen and like mm -hmm. the crown is like an institution versus like her as a person sure. and I thought that was really interesting yeah I guess I wish I would have seen more of that right um and instead we're spending all this time on Harry and Will sipping champagne at like family function I just didn't care I didn't care anymore mm -hmm. I'm with you all right well we're all agreed then um, Lindsay, thank you so much for being here for this postmortem with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so it. much. Thank um, you. We'll have you back again soon to talk about any number of things, I'm sure. Thank you so much for listening. Eli, are you up for doing Sound of Music bonus episode next week? Why do I feel like we already did that? Did we not? No. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. Meg, I'm pretty sure we already did that. All right. Well, we'll do whatever's next. <laughs> okay. I am I'll up go for back doing... and check. I am... I'm like, I feel like January 2nd, I'm like, you know, literally brushing cobwebs out of my brain. I'm like, oh yeah, we're back to this. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty positive. We recorded like an hour long podcast, like a month and a half ago about the sound of music. All right. Well, we'll do whatever's next on the list and we okay. will probably, I don't know. Do you want to do Maestro next week? Sure. Okay, great. We'll do my show. You know what? Week. I'm gonna I'm gonna go see poor things this weekend. Oh, I need to see it. I'm kind of dreading it. Why? I everybody seems to love it. I know. I'm scared. I'm scared of it. I Why? heard it's a lot. Well, I mean, the favorite was a lot, but the you favorite was that. a lot. The favorite was like butting up against the edge of what I can handle, you know. Okay. And I think this might. Well, so yeah. Okay, let's do poor things. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much, guys. We will talk to you soon. Emily and I will be back on Wednesday evening for a recap of the Real Housewives finale. Should be a good time. Okay. Thanks. Bye.